Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Free My Thinkers. Y'all, I'm going to repeat a few things that y'all have heard me speak on before. One of those things is why must race be brought into virtually everything that's in the media headlines today? Usually, the people that are screaming racism the most are black people. They are the ones bringing race into something where a racial divide does not exist. So does that make black people more racist? I come to these thoughts, these questions, these words because of a couple of things I've heard over the past few days. Jumping back to last week, Stephen A. Smith spoke on his podcast about the revamped FS1 show Undisputed which is FS1's version of ESPN's first take, upon which Stephen A. Smith is one of the co-hosts. When he spoke on it, he spoke of the new people joining the FS1 undisputed desk with Stephen A. Smith's former co-host on first take, one Mr. Skip Bayless. Joining Mr. Bayless on undisputed is Michael Irvin, Keyshawn Johnson, and Richard Sherman. Now, out of those three men, two of them were dismissed by ESPN. ESPN let go of Keyshawn Johnson for budgetary reasons, and they let go of Michael Irvin for bullshit reasons. You can go look that up yourself. But when Stephen A. was speaking on those men, those individuals, he talked about how he wished they all were there at ESPN with him. But when you listen to it, or let me put that better, when I listened to it, it seemed as though he was more concerned or put more emphasis on having them with him because they're all black men more so than what they actually brought to the table as entertainment value for that particular show. Check it out. But as an aside, let me say this. I'm going to reiterate something that I said last week because I think it's important for y'all to hear. I'm pretty cool with Richard Sherman. I got a lot of love for him. I got a lot of love for Richard Sherman, who is nothing short of brilliant. He is a brilliant brother. Uh, he was an elite cornerback. Uh, I've always had a lot of respect for Richard Sherman. Um, and I'm really, really happy uh, that he is on television, he clearly is in a position he wants to be in. I know he was doing some Thursday night football for Amazon, if I remember correctly. Um, but it's good to see him doing his thing. Keyshawn is my brother. Keyshawn and I go back more than 20 years. And Keyshawn always, always, always treated me like a brother. And I've always had love for him and I love him. I love him dearly. And I was not happy to see him going because I love the job that he did on first take. I know how brilliant of a football mind he is, but he's a genuine friend and a brother uh, that I love dearly, that I will vouch for any day of the week. And if I'm in a foxhole, that's a brother I want with me because he's a real one. So I'm happy for him. And of course, I'm happy for the playmaker. For him to have an accusation levied against him, 
that ultimately jeopardized his career. And to this day, all we've seen is a 45 second video of him conversing with a young lady in the lobby and then walking away. And she walked away. We have no audio. We have no accusations that extend beyond that specific experience for him to be off the airwaves since February to be off the airwaves that long and to have his job in jeopardy, his future in jeopardy is a travesty. But I have to admit to you as a black man, it was incredibly scary. But when week after week and month after month went by and not a damn piece of evidence came forward, I said, wait a minute. So somebody who doesn't happen to be black, who is a female, gets to stand before a black man for 45 seconds. Nobody hears what they said to one another. He didn't touch her other than to shake a hand, if, if that. And they walked away from each other. And that's all it takes for this man to lose his career. What the hell does that say about the rest of us? So with that in mind, understand it was really good to see those three brothers on the air. Now, I wasn't too happy because two of them was working with me last year on first take. One of them is somebody that I wanted at ESPN for years in Richard Sherman. And all three of them are now on Undisputed. But I love them all. I got love for Richard Sherman, who I don't know that well, but I got love for him and profound respect for that brother. But Michael Irvin and Keyshawn Johnson are my brothers. In every sense of the word, Richard Sherman's obviously my brother too, but you know, brothers, black men, but Keyshawn and Michael Irvin are friends that I know very, very, very well. Now, it wasn't overt. It wasn't like he was throwing up the black power fist, wearing a black Panthers jacket with a black beret, but you listen to it and in my consumption of it, I felt the racism there because I also understand the fact that when Skip Bayless left first take, they had a white man, Max Kellerman, take his spot to debate Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith got Max Kellerman gone. So when you hear what he said about Sherman Johnson and Irvin, and then you think about how he did Max Kellerman a couple of years ago, it makes you go, hmm, you know what I mean? Is his racism, is his borderline racism let's give him the benefit of the doubt suspicious questionable racism being ignored because he's black it, it sounded at best at best it was cringe my brothers and my brothers dude i'm gonna tell you something that i'm sure that you've probably learned in life all skin folk ain't kin folk now the next thing that really made me ask the opening questions that i asked was Something that Deion Sanders said in his post-game presser when his Colorado University Buffaloes beat TCU's Horn Frogs. Check him out. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do. I, I heard it, and the first thing that popped into my mind was what the hell are you talking about exactly what the hell are you talking about damn near 
every locker room is 75% black in college sports. Damn near everyone, especially when you get to the major schools. If they're not 75%, then they're 60. But either way, what the f*** does that have to do with what you just accomplished? Why even generate any kind of racial divide, insinuate racial tension, play on phantom racism? That didn't have a damn thing to do with that win on Saturday. A black man coaching a a 75% black locker room got y'all scared. Who the f*** is scared? So just so I get this straight, so you mean a white coach that coaches a majority black locker room isn't as intimidating? People don't fear him? People don't fear that coach? So you can only be feared if you're coaching your own race? Just what exactly? You see how that logic starts to disravel itself? What the f*** are you talking about? Which again brings me back to my opening questions and statements. Why do we as black people constantly create racial animosity when it's not there? Because as I've proven before, as I've proven with my comments on the Jacksonville, Florida hate crime shootings, when you start creating and fabricating racism in places where it is not, people become numb to it. They start to ignore it. So then when real racism comes up, It is ignored and looked over and glossed over because black folks for so long have said racism, you know, I've said it before. It's the little boy who cried wolf scenario. You create racism where there is none. So when the real racism hits, it gets ignored and then real damage is done. So to Stephen A. Smith, Deion Sanders. Stop it. Get some help. I would say that I expect better. But it's not the first time y'all have played this game, man. It's not the first time y'all have played the phantom racism card. And I don't expect it to be your last. But what I do expect is when the pendulum swings the other way. If a white man stands up and says, because I have an all-white team or something cringe like that. I don't want either of you gentlemen to say, Next. My man as. From Heels versus Babyface. One of the most original, entertaining, and seemingly genuine people on YouTube. He talks about everything from pop culture, entertainment, games, comic books, even some politics. But when he gives his opinion, it is very genuine. Well, recently, as has been live streaming the new game, Starfield and there is a moment a segment in the game at the very beginning where you are creating a character and you are asked to choose a pronoun this of course sets him off I'll let him express himself as only he can Bethesda there is nothing I love more than to 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 sit down comfy chair turn on my PC, fire up a brand new RPG, uh, uh, lose myself, think, oh my God, just think of this world, just think of all the planets I can visit, all the immersive things that I can get involved with, all the fights, all the relationships, all the people I meet, all the places I go. I'm so excited to go there. And you know, I love nothing more than 
with all of that laid out in front of me, I love nothing more than to be dragged out at every fucking conceivable opportunity so you can fucking current day us. Sorry, did you want to get immersed in our world? Yeah, well, guess what? Fucking pronouns! Fucking gender ambiguity! Fucking current day Californian shit! Because that's all we fucking know! Because we're boring! We're so fucking boring! We can't see past our own fucking reflection! That's the level of our narcissism here at Bethesda Western Game Company! Fuck your immersion! Fuck you having a good time! Fuck you falling into a world and just getting lost! No, no, no! Current fucking day! You're boring! You're fucking dull! You have nothing to say. You are a one hived mind twat waffle. That's all you fucking are. And you wonder why people are getting so fucking sick and tired. You take everything we love, all our immersions, all our fantasies, all our escapism, and you just can't help shovel your dog shit fucking crap ideology into everything, every single solitary fucking thing. Now, with that, people lost their minds. There were some big name social media presences that expressed their disagreement with the way as expressed himself one of them went on to make a little compilation video in an effort to do a gotcha moment i'll let y'all check the video out because it's it's something it's something i will not be berated bullied intimidated into not playing a game because you think it attacks you or goes against your ideology. Boo fucking who, man up. Fucking pronouns. Boo fucking who, man up. Fucking gender ambiguity. You think it attacks you or goes against your ideology. And you just can't help shovel your dog shit. You think it attacks you or goes against your ideology. Fucking crap ideology into everything you think it attacks you or goes against your ideology goes against your ideology goes against your ideology we can't see past our own fucking reflection agreed now when you see that right and you think to yourself man he he has a real good point there i mean that brother right there got a point that that that's man look here that that's something else as does look like a hypocrite he does look rather bad in that little compilation snippet that the act man put out there or well, as responded to it by saying yes and what was i actually talking about i was actually talking about buying hogwarts legacy and not boycotting it because i wouldn't bow down to the intersectional woke far-left ideological mob that wanted to cancel it because harry potter is made by jk rowling somehow that is a gotcha i played the game just like i've sunk 25 hours so far into starfield i played hogwarts legacy and i enjoyed the gameplay and i enjoyed the story didn't prevent me from criticizing the barmaid which was silly, or other aspects of little bits of wokeness or intersectionality that they put into the game. But I guess, once again, you don't actually need context. You just need gotchas. So, 
hearing those two snippets, you're hearing what Az said about Starfield, and then you heard how he felt about people boycotting Hogwarts Legacy. Let me approach it like this. What are the differences? Because when I first saw it, it did look very damning to Az. But as I often tell y'all to do, y'all know it. You can say it along with me. Take a breath, step back, look at the bigger picture. Well, here are the differences. Number one, people were boycotting um, Hogwarts Legacy before it came out based on the author of the story that the game is based on. Not that the author, outside of lending her IP's name to that game, had anything to do with the creation of that game. That's it. Just lending them the IP world. She didn't have a damn thing else to do with that game. And because of that, in the ensuing uproar, they had the lead developer of that game fired. They bullied people into not playing the game. They kept tabs on people who dared stream the game for future punishment. All because... They don't like J.K. Rowling's opinion in that there are only two sexes. As spoke out on that. He called it moronic. He was talking about people hating a game for essentially no legitimate reason. You're hating a game. You're getting people fired, making them quit. You have people scared to play the game because you do not agree with the opinion of J.K. K. Rowling. And so in the the video that the act man spliced together, it would appear that, oh, well, if you got a problem with with another person's opinion, then if you got a problem with the way a person made a game, then you ought to then blah, blah, blah. Then that wasn't the point. You completely missed it. And I think that that was done intentionally. And the difference with Starfield is you have the game. God forbid if you bought it, but you have the game and you are instantly hit with current day social values in what is supposed to be a futuristic sci-fi escapism game. When you are trying to escape, when you are playing something to get away, you don't want to have to deal with real world issues in virtually any way. And considering how strongly, contrary to popular belief, how much this preferred pronoun is hated, I say again, in case you miss me, because I stand by it. How much this preferred pronoun is hated? Why put that in the game, man? Other than virtue signaling and trying to earn credibility with the minority crowd. And when I say minority crowd, I don't mean black, Hispanic, Asian. No, I mean the minority crowd known as the identifiers, the alphabet mob. And that instantly would take some people out of it. I did a video recently that you can find on my Rumble channel. I did a video recently talking about how there was a cartoon that I loved that got canceled, picked up on a streaming service. And when it returned, oh, they had gone into the identifier alphabet mob thing heavy. In the previous seasons, when it was on broadcast television, the leader was a dude that had a girlfriend. It came back to streaming. He's gay now. So they're so intent on getting their thing out there 
in everything that I believe that Ash just finally snapped. When he saw it in the game, he had high hopes for, greatly anticipated playing, and then, boop, identity politics. Gotcha, bitch. So that isn't like the issue he had with people lashing out at Hogwarts. He is expressing himself and shouting at the developers for trying to bring in identity politics into a fantasy escapism realm, into a game. Y'all ass were getting mad at a game and game developer over the author of the book that the game was based on that had nothing to do with the game, shaming, banning, and plotting against other people who dared buy and play the game. He was railing against that. But the way that's cut up, it makes it look like he's railing against an opinion. But I get it. You know, Actman suffered the wrath of being unfairly and unjustly persecuted. So what do you do? If you can't beat him, you join him. And that's what he did. Not cool, Act Man. I mean, I supported you when you were uh, treated like the children of Israel and had to wander the desert forever. That's not cool at all. Look, there are going to be other things that Az is going to have a bad take on. You don't have to fabricate one. Just wait. We all do. We all have that moment where we go, what the f*** was I thinking? He'll have his. But this one, this ain't it. Next. You know, when I was working in the financial services industry, I worked shoulder to shoulder with legitimate millionaires. I got to sit at the feet and under the learning tree of multimillionaires. I gained a profound understanding of how money works, interest works, value, assets, liabilities. I gained a ton of knowledge. Haven't always put it to good use, but I gained the knowledge. I understand why millionaires only like to hang out with other millionaires. Because the understanding of those who aren't wealthy is very narrow. It is extremely myopic. They believe that because you have millions of dollars, that it's endless. That it doesn't have a finite limit. What brought me to bring this topic up was Oprah Winfrey and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. They got together and started a fund for all those people that were affected by the fires in Maui. It is called the People's Fund of Maui, which they say is aimed to help raise money for local residents affected by the tragedy. They stated, Duane and Oprah, that every adult resident who was displaced by the wildfires in Lahina and Kahlua would be eligible to receive 1200 per month to help them through this period of recovery. And they provided a link to where those that were impacted could apply for the funds. Together, they donated $10 million to start the fund off, $5 million apiece. You would think that, wow, man, they are really putting their money where their mouth is. They, they are really doing it. This, this is cool. This is what's up. <sighs> But it's 2023. Of course, people don't see it like that. Nah, the backlash began. Why don't y'all fund it yourself? Y'all can do it all yourself. Y'all can fund that. Why don't y'all fund? Why y'all asking the regular people for money? Those were the type of comments that they received. You had one person say, the math ain't mathing with this one. You guys literally have so much money. You can donate it and make it back within a year. Can they? 
Do you know what it's like to run a business the size of Oprah's? How much money that takes on a yearly? This is why I believe that the American public in general needs a better, more comprehensive and deeper education on the way money works. Sure, our economy is shit right now, but do you really know why? The media would tell you to blame this person or blame that person, blame this person, blame that person. But do you really, truly understand why the economy is in the shit of the way it is? You don't. I mean, remember when people said when Elon Musk spent that 40 plus billion dollars to buy Twitter, you had jackasses, celebrities, talk show hosts, mainstream media talking about, oh, he could have spent that money to solve world hunger. No, the f he couldn't. No, he could not. 44 billion, hate to tell you, is not going to solve world hunger. It might put a dent in America's hunger issues. But that is one of those things where people don't understand the way money works. Now, getting back to this, because to me, it's the most moronic thing I've seen. People actually have lashed out at Dwayne and Oprah saying, y'all can do this. Why don't y'all do more? Why don't y'all do more? So let me hit it from this level first, for starters. I'm going to hit the basic thing. If you don't want to give or if you cannot give, then don't. They did not put a gun to anybody's head and say, you better give us money. They told you what they were doing. They put in five mil of their own cash. They told you what the intent was, how the money was going to be spent. They gave you all the details for any skeptics and naysayers to know and understand. This is what we're doing. But y'all got pissed at them for creating something and then asking the general public to donate. Let me ask y'all silly motherfuckers who got mad at this. Let me ask y'all this. Do y'all get mad at the Salvation Army at Christmas time when they have the people in the Santa suits in front of all the retail stores ringing that damn bell? Do you get mad at them? Because that's the same damn thing. You got a person standing there, Merry Christmas, ringing that damn bell, expecting you to put some money in the fucking bucket. Why don't you go up to them and say, hey man, go take your ass to Hollywood. Go, go work Hollywood Hills. Or in my case, go work North Dallas. Go work out there in Frisco and Preston. Go work... Go work out there and ask for money while the wealthy folks live. Do you do that to the Salvation Army? Fuck no! Because if you do not, shut the fuck up. It's the same thing. Back in my heyday, they used to do telethons. And as a matter of fact, they did one for um, Hurricane Katrina. Did y'all get mad at the celebrities for coming on and performing to raise money from all the common folks out there? With all that star power they had doing the Katrina telethon fundraiser, all those stars could have gotten their pockets and probably exceeded the amount of money that they were uh, raising. Did y'all bitch about that then? No, no. I didn't think so. Or what about every Breast Cancer Awareness Month when that comes around? When they have little pink buckets and pink pins and everybody's asking to donate to the Breast Cancer Awareness? Do y'all write y'all local celebrity? Do y'all write y'all local millionaire? Do y'all get in the news or look at the people when they're passing around the... um? collection bucket for breast cancer awareness do you tell them hey man uh go ask elon musk go go ask some football players who live in the area Nah, you don't if you got it you give if you don't you don't why in the f is this any different oh i guess it's because celebrities started it so you feel that they ought to do most of the funding and that comes from a a very ignorant mindset because y'all may have read or heard that oh, oprah winfrey is worth 2.5 billion dollars that's her net worth. 
and, and The Rock is worth $270 million. That's his net worth. Do y'all know how to calculate net worth? Allow me to educate you. To calculate net worth, you must subtract total liabilities from total assets. Well, what makes up total assets? Total assets include investments, saving, cash deposits, and any equity that you have in your home, car, or other assets. You know, property, all that kind of good stuff. It's not like Oprah Winfrey is sitting on $2.5 billion cash. It's not like The Rock is walking around with his debit card where he can access $270 million. That is their net worth. That's why if you've ever paid attention to something that they've done in movies a few times, when they're doing a real portrayal, they ask how liquid are they? Which means how much actual cash do you have? Rock's net worth, $270 million. That man may honestly only have $15 million in the bank. And of that 15, he just put five of that starting this fund. I'm trying to get you to understand the way money works. The true valuation of funds. Y'all hear these big numbers and think, oh, that's what they got. No, that's what they're worth. That worth is spread out everywhere. Like, why do you think that a lot of these NFL owners can't actually build a stadium on their own? Oh, they may be estimated at so many billion dollars, but they only have so much cash but that is the way money works that's why the wealthy only likes to hang out with the wealthy because they know the side eye and skeptical looks they get from people that don't understand money from those that aren't rich and wealthy i get it and if you don't understand money you'll blow through it if you don't understand money then it is no good to you i mean people who win the lottery 70 percent of the people who y'all see win those big lump sums and all that money according to the national endowment for financial education 70 percent of lottery winners go bankrupt within a few years because you don't understand money you see those numbers and you think it's infinite there's no way you can run through it oh you can run through that you can run through it like it's nothing so to get mad at The Rock and Oprah for asking everyone else, hey, do you mind donating? They didn't force y'all to do it. They didn't say you better do it. They didn't disparage anyone when asking. They simply said what they're doing and hope that others will follow in their footsteps. Like I said, nothing more than the Salvation Army around Christmas or the Cancer Research Center in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Nothing, nothing extra. So I don't understand and, and I, I don't get why people got so angry with this. It was very illogical. I understand that right now, the nation is going through a rough economic period. Believe me, please believe me when I tell you I understand. But I also want you to believe me when I tell you that there is no pressure for you to give. Look at it like anything else. Hell, look at it like the collection plate on Sunday morning at your local congregation. If you don't have it, you don't give. The reaction that Dwayne Johnson and Oprah Winfrey took on of their own volition, helping the people that are going through tough shit, the reaction they got, abhorrent. Absolutely abhorrent. Society, you must do better. You've got to do better. You simply have got to stop hating rich people. I'm going to give you another thing that I heard Colin Cowherd say that he got from somebody else. Resent success and you'll never have it. Hate wealth and you'll never attain it. Well, that's it. And thank you for listening to another episode of Free Mind Thinkers. 
in case you ever want to see the graphics and videos that go along with these wonderful podcast segments, don't hesitate to check us out on our visual platforms, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute. You can find us there under the same name, Free Mind Thinkers. Check us out. Until the next time, take care of yourselves and dare to think differently.